The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports. They're incredible. I mean, it's just it's not usually in awe of teams that much, but I just can't help being in awe of Barcelona Femini. Like, they're just incredible. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Keen Tracy, the Art Independent, is with us. Talk to us about the uh, ongoing situation in rugby in England and in Wales. Keen, good morning to you. Morning, lads. Um, I, did Wales want to get their stuff out first? Did they want to get their claws? And Warren Gatlin wasn't really a runner for England, was he? It looks like the Sea Borthwick thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, even making. even the Ronan O'Gara stuff, I think, was all a bit of shadow boxing. Ronan O'Gara probably didn't do too badly out of it when you think that he's getting a, a nice new contract in La Rochelle now as well. But yeah, I think the succession planning. Obviously, England weren't. We're hoping that it didn't come now. It was after the World Cup. I think Bortwick has long been identified as the man. So probably no great surprise if it happens today or tomorrow when Eddie gets the chop. Why are they not giving the chop to Scott Robertson? What is wrong with these people? Yeah, I, I still think Scott Robertson. If if truth be told, is waiting for the All Blacks job. Um, now that could be complicated by the fact that Joe Schmidt has come into the the All Black setup because when he was doing so well with Ireland, he was being touted as you know a possible next man. And New Zealand and the All Blacks generally want their their coaches to be involved in the system, and that was one of the flies in the ointment for Joe Schmidt because he was over here. So since he went back and obviously working with the Blues, and now he's obviously very much involved with the the All Blacks. So he's a potential future candidate as well. But I did notice in Warren Gatlin's press conference yesterday, he gave a ringing endorsement of. Um, of Scott Robertson as well so I think Gatlin probably knew that he wasn't going to get that all black job either even since he went back to the Chiefs it hasn't been going that great for him so um, yeah it's a, it's a merry-go-round really isn't it it's a bit like I imagine what covering football is like in, in the Premier League when managers are getting sacked because you just don't really see it in rugby that often at all so maybe it's a bit of a sea change for, for the game as a whole you know I guess Borthwick has been involved with England as well before before the 2019 World Cup as forwards coach so like, what does he bring to it? Yeah, it's interesting. Like his first coaching gig was with Japan under Eddie Jones, so he's very much an, an Eddie Jones, um, Eddie Jones man. Um, so yeah, like Leicester won the league, the Premier, the Premiership last season under him, and there was no doubt they played well. But I was covering the Champions Cup quarter final when Leinster went over to Welford Road and did an absolute number on them, and I thought like it was just very uninspiring. Um, they don't play attractive rugby whatsoever I mean you, you know what you're going to get with a Steve Bortwick team so what do England and the England supporters want I mean they got booed off against South Africa and the attacking the attacking game plan has been really poor under Eddie Jones for the last couple of years and that seems to be what's been you know the, the straw that broke the camel's back so I was looking I was kind of re- refreshing my memory like the Leicester Tigers attack coach is Richard Wigglesworth who's a player player coach so is Bortwick going to bring all of his Leicester Tigers backroom staff in is there someone else going to come in because the attack seems to be what you're crying out for there's no doubt he'll bring stability to the set piece he's a really good forwards coach but it's a calculated risk all the same even from his point of view because I think he would have probably known that after the World Cup it's probably my gig if I want it but now coming in what's to say the Six Nations won't go well the World Cup won't go well and then all of a sudden he's got this contract possibly until the next World Cup but England fans are already doubting him so I think it's a, it's a strange situation but England have probably backed themselves into the corner now were you surprised that they did make the decision to get rid of Eddie Jones? Like this is all part of Eddie Jones' uh, general uh, schedule: be really bad before a World Cup, but be good at the World Cup. 
I was, yeah, I, I was a bit, but I suppose when you go back and look at it, you you have to see some evidence of what they're actually doing, and I just don't think we have. Like he's he's really nailed his colours to the Marcus Smith Owen Farrell axis, and that hasn't really worked at all. And that's going to be interesting as well because you look at Marcus Smith and how well he's played for Harlequins and he hasn't been able to translate that kind of form to the international stage at all. And if you go back to Bortwick, they left, Leicester left George Ford go at the end of last season and they got in Andre Pollard who hasn't play, really played yet because he's got um, an injury. But Andre Pollard isn't the type of out half either who's going to, you know, set your game alight. So, what does that mean for someone like Marcus Smith, the golden boy of, of English rugby? You know, they're still kind of holding out hope that Tuilagi, you know, is the player he was several, several years ago. And even when he's fit, he's looked a shadow of uh, the player he is. So Eddie Jones has kind of pinned his hopes on a couple of players and then everyone else around him seems to have constantly been coming in and out of the team because in the middle of it all, I think they've lost their identity. I think you'd be, you'd be struggling to pick... England's best 15 I think at the moment because they just have been no consistency in selection at all so um, from that point of view maybe I'm not surprised but yeah you're right Ger. Like if Eddie Jones does one thing and one thing well it is get teams right for the World Cup we saw it in 2019 obviously they came unstuck in the final but you think back to that semi-final performance and sensational it was incredible it was one yeah. of the great great performances um, definitely of recent years so um, yeah like I, I, I'm surprised in, in a certain way but also when you hear fans who were ultimately the ones paying the very expensive tickets going to Twickenham booing at the end of a game which again is like you don't see that at rugby no. too often as well um, Eddie Jones coming out saying he doesn't care what people think like ultimately like these people who were paying and the tickets in Twickenham are bloody expensive they're keeping paying his wages in the job so ticket sales apparently been slow for next year's Six Nations as well which right. I imagine comes into when the bean counters are sitting down with yeah. the, in the review this all has to come into it as well So If you're Borthwick though you're looking at the World Cup draw and you're thinking Oh my God, that's a pretty good draw, especially the way that all the teams are playing at the moment. So Australia could absolutely knife you on any day. Mm. That's possible. Wales now with a new uh, head coach, it's possible. Uh, Japan are on the same side of the draw and Argentina on the same side of the draw. That's including pool stages, uh, quarters, semis and uh, then you're through to a final. Like it's right there for them. So I can see why the temptation is like, well, all I've got to do is pick 25 who I think are going to be my main 25, work the hell out of them, decide on a style of play, be very, very, very conservative and, um, you know, swing low, sweet chariot. Yeah, but like very conservative. Is that going to please like the, the England supporters? Because this is what, like, what do they want? Do well, they want winning I, rugby or do they want to see... Well, that, I, so, right. I, I, I think what they'll do is they'll have a little bit of patience for English players, struck, not quite legend, like, you know, Borthwick, good player, not great, right? Um, was Am I right in thinking, was, did Borthwick win the World Cup? Was he part of that? Was, was he probably uh, just after me? Uh, certainly he was a first teamer after yeah. that, where they weren't very good for a long period of time. And so, soldier through a long period, you know, very well respected, still very young. I think he gets a little bit of wiggle room in a way that Eddie Jones' wiggle room rolled out, like, after the last World Cup. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, if, like I said, if the Six Nations doesn't go well, we've already seen England fans are booing their team off the field. Like English rugby is in a strange place at the moment. And I think part of the, the reason why the supporters aren't happy is when you look at this style of play, actually, ironically enough, Leicester, a side who won the Premiership last season, um, they've definitely moved to a more expansive game plan. Even Saris this season, who were top of the table, have really reinvented the wheel. Not reinvented the wheel, but in terms of their identity and what they're about. So week in, week out, supporters are seeing teams like Harlequins throwing the ball around and playing great rugby but 
it, it, that doesn't always fully translate to test rugby but there's just been so little evidence of that at all and Marcus Smith like I said is the is the perfect example of that and yeah it's going to be pragmatic under Steve Borthwick I think he's he's he'd be very well respected by the players as well coming in but he doesn't have a lot of time to shape like his his identity and his team the Six Nations the year of a World Cup you're kind of thinking you're fine-tuning things rather than kind of, you know, ripping up the script and starting again. I rarely, I wouldn't put too much stock in the three or four warm-up games that they're going to have because they're always kind of real shadow boxing. You don't want to get injured. Players don't want to get injured and stuff. So he really doesn't have a lot of time to to turn it around. And like we said, Eddie, that's what Eddie Jones does well. He gets teams ready for the World Cup. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I just think it's, it's going to be fascinating that if Borthwick comes in, who is going to be in his backroom team? Like I said, Richard Wigglesworth is a player coach at Leicester. One guy who's very interesting is Alad Walters, who was uh, with Munster when Rassi Rasmus came in and did an unbelievable job. Went to the Springboks, helped them win the World Cup. He's the head of athletic performance. Uh, Leicester snapped him up. He helped them win the Premiership. So he's a guy who come, could come into England and I think make a big difference as well. He was in uh, Bothwick was a member of England's wider <clears> O <throat> three World Cup squad, but then narrowly missed selection to the to the final thirty. Apparently, um, like, are, are you, would you not rather be taking over an England team on the tough side of the World Cup draw? Like, no, less expectation. <laughs> no, you get you get beaten. Yeah. Well, f- yeah, but there's, there's there's another argument. They could, to it. they could play really badly and reach a World Cup final, and and the side that they play in a World Cup final could easily have been absolutely decimated by injuries. Yeah, yeah. And, and the same can be said for Wales as well. Like this yeah. exact conversation that we're having but I think I think the Wales situation I'm sure we'll get onto is a little bit different I just think that Eddie Jones's track record it's it's just been such a turnaround from Bill Sweeney and the RFU who were backing him to the hilt constantly mm. and he still has the best winning percentage record of, of any English coach and um, okay November 73% was 73% yeah yeah, yeah. Um, just ahead of Clive Woodward I think is good his good buddy which is um, which is interesting they seem to be having a nice little tete-a-tete <laughs> in, in the media over the the last couple of years but um, yeah like you know like I said when when the fans are getting on top of you it's probably it's probably time to make a change but I'm still a little bit surprised and even from Borthwick's point of view he comes in and like I said if it doesn't go well at the first in the in the Six Nations he's under massive pressure going into the World Cup Clive Woodward's latest um, pointed comments towards Eddie Jones were pretty good um, so he pointed out that semi-final win in, in 2019 against the All Blacks but he said he'll be remembered for the misguided rhetoric and unfulfilled promises like do you think history looks back on Eddie Jones's tenure uh, positively in any stretch. Yeah, like not like they, not winning the World Cup in 2019 after delivering, like we said there, one of the great performances. I mean, that was probably a black mark in his name. And then it's just been downhill ever since then because you were kind of thinking, okay, this is what England are capable of on their day, and they just haven't been able to build on that at all. They've been they've been going backwards. But I still think he'll history will be kind to him for sure. Um, It'll be interesting. I think he's he's been linked with kind of going into America now. So on an eight-year um, deal, on an eight-year deal, which you yes, can imagine, yeah. there's a lot of zeros at the end of his salary. So like that's a very very different uh, type of gig. So uh, you'd imagine he's gone in with the World Cup being over there in mind, and kind of maybe it's more of a director of rugby type role. So uh, yeah, interesting times in the in the rugby landscape. Like meanwhile, we're all here kind of getting ready for the Champions Cup, and across the water, they're supposed to be getting ready for the Champions Cup as well. But coaches are being fired left, right, and centre. So it's just. It's mad times. Yeah, clubs, uh, more clubs look like they might uh, get stuck down the sinkhole. Mm. Uh, what about the Warren Gatlin situation then? This seems less shocking in many ways that like Pivac was on a very sticky wicket for the whole time. It looked like they'd made some recovery in the summer, but he just couldn't keep it going. 
Yeah, uh, that's less surprising. I mean, when you lose to Georgia and Italy at home in the same year, you were really, uh, you were really kind of on thin ice. Especially then, when Warren Gatlin conveniently takes um, a gig, you know, over here and was a prime video he was doing, and you know, he's kind of hanging around and going around visiting the Welsh clubs and saying, "Okay, like I haven't gone away here at all." And like I said, I think a lot of that was down to the fact that he realised when he went back to New Zealand that the All Blacks job just just wasn't going to happen. Chiefs Chiefs thing hasn't gone all that well for him, so. It's funny, like reading the coverage over the last few days and on Twitter and stuff, people seem to have forgotten that kind of at the tail end of Gatlin's era that he got a lot of criticism for the style of play, you know, Warren Ball. And we think back to the Lions, like how dour that was. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of selective memory almost. Um, Warren Gatlin's going to come in. I think the big question is, is he going to move with the times? Because the, the game has moved on and we saw that in South Africa on the line. So even South Africa themselves in, in November have shown signs of playing a little bit more, little bit more width and stuff. So, um, yeah, like, is he going to change or is he going to come in and expect to play the exact same style of play with a squad who is not as good at all as the squad that he had because like, he was working with a golden generation yeah. when he was having all that success with Wales which often kind of gets papered over a little bit like he doesn't have that calibre of players to, to call upon now so um, there are a couple of good young players like I mean a guy like Lewis Rees Samet has almost fallen off and become the forgotten man because yeah. again Wales just haven't been getting the, good, the, the best out of him so it's interesting like Pivac did a really good job at the Scarlet he's the only kind of Welsh coach to ha- or well, co- coach of the Welsh region to have won a bit of silverware of the last a good while uh, but he came in trying to play that Scarlet style of play and it just didn't work like we were talking there about you know playing all the bells and whistles rugby that doesn't always translate to test rugby and we saw, for sure we saw that with Wales so, and then he tried to revert back and he realised to, more towards the Warren Gatlin game and he didn't have the players to do that So, uh, but I've no doubt that Warren Gatlin will definitely galvanise everyone it's just whether he can he, like I said he can kind of fine tune his, like Sean Edwards is a big part of his success he's not going to be there who's going to be his attack coach is he going to keep Stephen Jones who really didn't do well you'd have to say under Pivac so he is good at that, though, isn't he? He is good at like, getting people to, to yeah. join him. And that's the one thing you would say about um, his ability to reinvent. It won't be him doing the reinvention. Mm. He'll get somebody else who knows more about it. Yeah, well, he, that, he's normally, a, he, he's very much a director of rugby type figure. He, you know, he likes to have a coach on, on the field who, who's doing that kind of stuff for him. But at the same time, like, getting Warren Gatlin in is great and I think like just most of the supporters will be really happy but it doesn't fix all the issues in, in Welsh rugby and that that is the big kind of overarching sense now it was interesting reading the press con- er, the press release um, with regard to his announcement that it's potentially true to the next World Cup and that he's going to be involved in a root and branch review so this isn't necessarily which I think a lot of people would have assumed that he was coming in for next year that's it a big fat paycheck and he's yeah. riding off into the yeah. sun so if you can get someone like Warren Gatlin in who knows Welsh rugby, obviously, like the back of his hand, and actually fix some of the issues. Because even throughout his time there, he would have butted heads with the Welsh Union quite a lot. So if he's coming back under conditions that, OK, we're going to make changes, then it could like it could be an absolutely genius move. So um, like Ireland going to Cardiff first up in the Six Nations suddenly becomes a lot more interesting, doesn't <laughs> yes, it? Yes, those grenades, <laughs> the, little, uh, the, little, the little needle, the lot of needle that um, Warren Gatland has with Ireland is great. And it, it actually adds something, I think, mm. to that. We've kind of missed it. Whereas we, when Pivac was like, 
Yeah, yeah. Vanilla. Well, nice, you know. I mean, particularly if you're losing Eddie Jones, you need yeah. you need uh, Warren Gatlin back in yeah. or things like that. His time at the Chiefs was a complete disaster. Like mm. that, we shouldn't. Uh, so he definitely went home with the notion of I can get the All Blacks gig, and then nothing went right. So when he signed, he, he signed a four year deal with uh, the sabbatical to take over the Lions, which uh, immediately is like, okay, so you're coming, you're going to take charge of our club, and then you're going to leave us for a while to go and do another job on the other side of the world. Mm. Okay, it's okay, yeah, okay. And then they lost every game. And then while he was away on his sabbatical, the team miraculously improved. Mm-hmm. Like, with no significant change in some some players, but no significant change of, like, uh, playing stock, which would definitely make you a little bit concerned if you're a Welsh fan going, I mean, you, you had it and then you lost it. You don't always have it. Exactly, yeah. And he, I think he went back and he, again, he tried to play that kind of, you know, one-dimensional style of play. And if there's any country that's not going to go down well, it's in New Zealand, you know. Um, I think it was always a bit of a pipe dream that he was going to get the, the All Blacks job. I think his kind of media dealings would really put, I, I would imagine, the New Zealand Union off and stuff. While it's great from, from our point of view... Um, so yeah, like this is the big, the big kind of question I would say hanging over Warren Gatlin coming back. Is he going to, you know, adapt? Is he going to move with the times? Because there is absolutely still room for the style of play, and it was bloody effective at times. But you need more strings to your bow, I think, in Test rugby these days. We've seen it with Ireland, like the rugby that Ireland are playing, France are playing, like I said, even South Africa throughout the November series. You know, you saw glimpses of them, you know, trying to play with a little bit more width. So um, it's not a foregone conclusion, but certainly. Like you said, Ireland going to Cardiff in the opening game of the Six Nations, you're suddenly, that looks a lot more dangerous than it did with kind of Wayne Pivak in charge and continue, continuing this. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, that's what we say. You're, you're delighted for Is he the risk-free option? Like, it, it, almost as a feel of Alex Ferguson returning to Man United at some point after he leaves. Like, yeah. it, So there, there has to be risk associated with it. Never go back to your ex, Shane, isn't that what they say? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, we were talking about Ronaldo this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah th- there is risk, but like, it, I think the big risk is that you come in and you expect Warren Gatlin to just copy and paste what has worked before, which I don't think will work. But I think, yeah, he's a smart appointment. And like I said, if he's going to come in and do the root and branch review as well, then I think it could be a really, really smart appointment. All right. Keen, good stuff. Thanks a million for that. Cheers, lads. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.